of sleepy little Canadian towns because you just might find a werewolf or fall in love. Find out if you belong in Selkirk or Kamloops with me and AU right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hello and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez Collins. Today, experience the first episodes of a fiction podcast in our showcase, Me and AU. Next week, return to join us for the creator interview with Andrea Clausen. The power of fandom has a long arm, online friendships lasting decades, new and evolving thoughts and deeply held beliefs, and long distance romances. Me and AU is a story based on Clausen's own experiences in her two decades of participating in fandom, including meeting their own romantic partner via their fandom and canon work in Zombies Run. This is a lighthearted story, one that puts emotions front and center as we follow narrator Kate on her blossoming relationship with Ella in the tiny fandom of Selkirk, a Canadian urban fantasy TV show that has maybe six interested parties because it has yet to be aired in the U.S. And that doesn't exist on our real TVs, unfortunately. Me and AU is all about the soft, squishy feelings and the anxiety of not knowing what to do about it while thinking about self-discovery and emotional growth with media you love and focusing on being fundamentally, integrally Canadian. Before we continue, the Radio Drama Revival team wants to indicate our unwavering support for the colonized and imprisoned people of Palestine. We want to ask you to learn more about the reality of what has been and is currently happening in Palestine at decolonizepalestine.com. Please consider donating to the Palestine Emergency Appeal by Islamic Relief Canada, an organization which works to strengthen communities' resilience against calamities and provide emergency aid in disasters. You can donate via the link in our episode description or go to islamicreliefcanada.org. And now you can queue up episode one. Welcome to Selkirk. Tony had smoked the cigarette all the way down to the filter and was about to start inhaling that when Garrett stuck his head and shoulders out the back door of the old Yellow Top Cafe. Nelson's giving us free coffee for getting the hikers to delete those videos. A paper cup appeared in view, already stained where Garrett had spilled what had to be another three-shot mocha over the lip. You want me to order you a latte or something? How the fuck? Tony said, flicking the cigarette butt away. Has Bigfoot been running this place for five fucking years without anyone noticing? Dude, if I thought every hipster lumberjack over six foot five in this town was a monster, I'd have to start writing grant applications again, because that'd be one hell of a field study. The guy has under-eye stubble. How did I miss under-eye stubble? Hey, it's like Jody keeps saying, you, you only see, see what, what you, you want, want to, see. to see. Garrett raised his cup in salute, flashing a crooked smile over the lid. The kind of smile that quirked his scarred right eyebrow into a neat little arc and made something in Tony's chest hiccup. Jesus. Speaking of things a guy wanted to see. Sure I can't get you a drink? 
Uh, I, um... So he hadn't noticed a literal supernatural being making lattes less than a block from his workplace every day. That didn't mean Tony couldn't tell when someone was flirting with him. Hell, at least he'd believed flirting existed for more than two weeks. At least it hadn't taken flirting attacking him next to a dumpster behind Ferrero's family foods to get an awareness of concept. And they'd had a moment, hadn't they? That afternoon when Garrett had... Well, okay, he'd shoved Tony into a bush, but only for his own protection. And when he'd helped him up, Garrett's hands had lingered at Tony's shoulders, even after he'd brushed the stray leaves away. And he'd smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and- Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! Jesus, Stuart. Did you take a level in Barista Ninja and forget to tell anyone? Sorry, but I come with a message. The hour of Coffee Geddon is upon us. Uh, it's T minus five until soccer camp lets out, and you know who the first things those moms are gonna do after pickup is hit the drive-thru. No. <laughs> Wait, why do you look so happy? It's my turn to go on break. Here, I'm supposed to give you my headset. <sighs> Jerk. Yeah. So were you writing in your diary? I'm not answering that, Stuart. That means it's a yes, Kate. Have a good break, Stuart. Remember, if they start throwing the coffee, stop, drop, and roll. Episode 1. Welcome to Selkirk. New text post on Thursday, May 21st from user a cunning plan. Title. Why you should be watching Selkirk. Do you like monsters? Mysteries? really cool characters who actually seem to care about each other. Lots of real good mountains. Then you need to watch this show. So, Shellkirk is this tiny Canadian mountain town that's super remote and hard to get to. It's the kind of place you go when you want to disappear. And pretty much all the residents are former Vietnam draft dodgers or running illegal marijuana grow ops or descendants of the kind of religious sects that needed to get the hell out of the old country. Or, they're monsters. Lots of people didn't notice when the monsters started moving in. Most of the time, the nice werewolf who lives down the street is just another soccer mom, you know? But things are going bad in Selkirk lately. 
Something's attacking people. And 99% of the time, it's killing them. Except for this one guy, Tony Vincetti. Tony survived an attack, which is good. Except it's also not, because the only reason he's alive is because some other old family curse might have dibs on killing him first. We don't really know what's happening there three episodes in, but I'm pretty sure it's complicated. Other reasons to watch Selkirk. One, Jody and Garrett, the badass park rangers slash monster wranglers responsible for keeping human paranormal conflict to a minimum, which could be going better. Two, all of the monsters are so great and nice and seem to really care about making a community together, except for whoever's killing people and the fairies who are for sure jerks. Three, we haven't seen them in an episode yet, but one of the season teaser trailers had werewolf puppies. Four, maybe intentional chemistry between Garrett and Tony? There has been a lot of touching in the first few episodes, fingers crossed. Five, did I mention we're getting werewolf puppies? Hashtag Selkirk, hashtag Selkirk TV. And post. Text post like by user Ray Gambit. Text post like by user Bird Network. Text post like by user Just Laura. No new activity. No new activity. Okay, just give it time. No new activity. <sighs> if you've never gotten into fanfiction, I guess it probably sounds a little weird, huh? Going to every movie in a franchise or getting super into guessing the plot of a TV series, that's pretty normal these days. Comic-Con's like a billion dollar event. Even buying figures of superheroes you're not supposed to play with is kinda mainstream. But if you tell someone that you spent the first week of your last university summer vacation ever writing 50,000 words about those same superheroes working at a flower shop and falling in love after a series of comedic miscommunications, well, sometimes you still get looks. And yeah, going back over that, I guess I could have made it sound a little less weird. Good going, me. Try again. I... Okay. Sometimes you see a movie hear a podcast, read a book, and it's like finding a home you didn't know you were missing. And you want to be in that place more often. Not that I literally think I'd be more at home in a wizard boarding school. Though, if they asked, I'd definitely go there at the end of the summer instead of back to Victoria to finish my degree. What I mean is, like, it's... It's like being seen. Like somehow this thing you love looked inside you and went, oh, yeah, 
Me too. And when you feel that way, all you want to do is create something that keeps that feeling going. Something that finds whatever it is in this thing that's speaking to you and runs with it as hard as it can. And in a perfect world, what's great about fanfic culture is you're not the only one who feels that way. In a perfect world, there are all these other people going, yeah, me too, just as hard as you are, and you're all trying to make more and more of that good feeling until there's... No new activity. <sighs> yeah, like I said... It's great. Unless the thing you love is a first-season Canadian TV show that only six people have heard of because it's not airing in the U.S. yet. Then, uh, yeah, not so much. But even then, I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk. Because if I'd loved something else, something that thousands of other people loved just as much... I would have had fun, I would have made friends, and I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. Huh? Text post like by user Hella Enchanted. But this way? I met you. Me and AU is a Procyon Podcast Network production. You can find transcripts for every episode of this show, as well as information about our other podcasts, at ProcyonPodcasts.com. Have you got friends, Tumblr mutuals, or a ship-based Discord server that might enjoy what we're doing? If so, please tell them about our show. Your recommendations make a huge difference, especially to a new podcast like us. This episode was written and produced by Andrea Clausen, that's me, with sound design by Aaron Bauman. Our theme song is by Samantha Jean Rivers, logo by Alex Yoon. The voice of Kate is Philomena. The voice of Tony is Ben Moody. The voice of Garrett is Sam B. Wynn. The voice of Stuart is Puck Malamud. Want to come say hi? Find us on Twitter and Tumblr at me and AU Pod. Radio Drama Revival has been showcasing fiction podcasts and elevating the voices of their creators for 13 years. If you've enjoyed this show, if it's helped you or healed you, or done the unforgivable and increased your episode queue, there are a couple of ways to support our continued existence. First, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. We have a special Discord server for all our patrons where we organize monthly meetups with listening parties, silly and informative PowerPoint presentations on podcasting, and more. Second, you can share a message with the rest of Radio Drama Revival's audience on our ticker tape slot. For a small fee, I'll read your messages, and they can be a birthday card, a quick podcast advert, a casting announcement, whatever you have that needs an audience like this one. You can learn more at radiodramarevival.com slash ticker tape. And now it's time for the werewolf hypothesis.
Me and AU, Episode 2, Werewolf Hypothesis. It doesn't take that much to make a fandom friend. In real life, most of the people you meet, who even knows what they're really like? The person you just passed on the street, who's riding the bus next to you, who makes your lunch, could be every bit as into bread baking or dancing or YouTube celebrities as you are. But how do you ever find out? Online, in fandom, you already know you all want to be there. It takes some of the pressure off. Like, take Ray Gambit, or uh, I think she goes by Jennifer in real life. She mostly posts stuff about obscure superheroes. We're talking about the guys who maybe show up for one episode in kids' animated shows, and the whole joke is, can you believe this was a real character in 1958 or whatever? In any universe where Selkirk didn't exist, we'd never get to know each other. I live in British Columbia, and I'm pretty sure she's in New Brunswick, which is basically on the other side of the country. Plus, some of the stuff she posts makes me think she might have a kid? But back when the show's first episode dropped, she was the only person who seemed to be able to find promo shots for the rest of the season. And after I started following her, it turned out she knows, like, a crazy amount of stuff about fairy lore. And when the stupid coffee shop you work at earworms you by playing the same sad dude folk singer all day for weeks, her music recommendations are pretty great. So these days, if I see something online about some supervillain from the 70s with a teapot for a head, I send it her way. It's little stuff, but it's cool stuff, you know? The people you'd never meet, never connect with, without... New text post on Wednesday, May 27th by user Hella Enchanted. So, Selkirk fandom, if you're out there, who wants to read my 5,000-word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? Uh, yes, please. Tell me all your theories immediately. Also, hi! Yes, the fandom does exist. There are at least six of us, and we don't bite, I promise. We mostly tag posts with Selkirk or Selkirk TV or, uh, if you're me, who cursed Tony Vincetti, in all caps. Also, uh, I just did that one time, but the question stands. Can't wait to read your essay. Since exactly one person asked for it, secret werewolf theory, an argument in three points. Point one, the moon. We've had at least one clear shot of the moon in every episode to date, from a full moon in the pilot to the waxing moon we saw over the credits last night. The show is telling us this is important information. Now, think about the first time we meet Garrett. When Jody calls him for backup, we hear his cell phone ring over a shot of that big yellow full moon before the camera pans down to our first look at the man himself in the bushes, covered in grime and smoking a joint. We learn a lot about Garrett's character in that moment. And I think the link between him and the moon is just as important a piece of information. Point two, scent. It may not take werewolf senses to sniff out a kilo of fairy-enhanced marijuana stuffed in someone's backpack, 
but I think the writers were highlighting Garrett's enhanced sense of smell before the latest episode. If you watch the pilot, it seems like he can smell the curse on Tony while he's still covered in blood, which we are told drained out the smell for Jody, who's trained to perceive things beyond the mundane but hasn't shown any signs of being supernatural. Feel free to argue about this with me, but the face Garrett makes when he first meets Tony is the face my mom used to make when our dog would vomit on her bed. Point three, the jawline. Garrett goes from mountain man to clean shaven between episodes one and two, and is getting hairier every week as we get closer to, you guessed it, another full moon. Admittedly, this one could be because the pilot was filmed well before the rest of the series, but I'm staying suspicious. Your bio was short. Ella, 22, she, her. I shan't marry the prince in quotation marks like it was from something. That was it. Yeah, of course I looked you up the second you made those first posts. When your entire fandom could fit in a mid-sized car, you go heavy on recruitment. Other than the Selkirk stuff, there were a lot of posts about fantasy novels that I kind of remembered from high school. And a bunch of pictures of manatees, all tagged swim cows. I figured the two probably weren't related. Okay, I love all of this, but two questions. One, since we saw Garrett in human form during the full moon, doesn't that immediately disprove your theory? Two, are you gonna write fanfiction of this or do I have to? Half sweet for Phoebe? Phoebe? Hey, great! Enjoy your drink! No, you have a good day! You're in a really good mood. Thanks for making that sound super weird. Dude, I was here when that guy yelled at you about caramel sauce for a straight minute. Yeah? And when Matt made you clean up that entire tray of mochas someone knocked on the floor? They didn't get whipped cream on the ceiling this time. I think that's something to celebrate. Who are you and what did you do with Kate Cunningham? Ha ha. So, does that mean this is a good time to ask you for a favor? Dude, you have your phone out here? You know Matt freaks out. Shh, 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 shh. Uh, cover for me for a sec. Can I trade you my Saturday shift? Wow, Stuart, mercenary. I'll take any other shift of yours you want. Uh, next, next Tuesday, closing. I've got a TV show I want to watch. You still watch live TV? It's good for their ratings, are we good? I'll say you had to get more decaf beans out by five minutes. To answer your questions in order, a cunning plan? One, I know there's no official confirmation on how werewolves work in Selkirk yet, but I'm assuming they can change forms at will until proven otherwise. Two, give me another week to finish a chapter. But in the meantime... Garrett could feel his skin start to ripple as the bones underneath shifted, lengthening his face into a long canine muzzle. The physical shift always reminded him of cracking his knuckles, down to the soft pop of air released from the joints. Not so unpleasant. The extra hair coming in was worse. 
New fur itched like hell. His front paws hit the dirt with two gentle thumps as gravity recentered itself for four legs, and the color washed out of the world as a new wave of scents rushed in. The musky smell of the beast was still there, under layers of campfire smoke and squirrel, and the bright, sour smell of fierce wet coming off a man who had backed away into a nearby tree. Garrett? Tony's voice was high and strained. Another dose of fear wafted off of him, lighting up in Garrett's brain like heat off an infrared map. Uh, surprise? Tony's knees went out from under him. Don't freak out. Garrett tried instead. As though either of them were capable of rewinding time to make that happen. From somewhere that was still too close for comfort, another roar went up, echoing across the valley. And a new scent pressed up through the mist of fear. Blood. Freshly spilled. Mm. Uh, maybe just stay here. He took off running. Tony didn't follow. Hey, Kate, you coming? One second. Post liked by user. A cunning plan. Me and AU is a Procyon Podcast Network production. You can find transcripts for every episode of the show, as well as information about our other podcasts at ProcyonPodcasts.com. A big thank you to everyone who has said something nice or shouted out the podcast over the past two weeks. Seeing your reactions so far has been really, really great. And that word of mouth does make a huge difference to a new podcast like this one. So if you also know somebody who could use a break from writing essay-length metas about werewolves, send them our way. Also, holy smokes, a huge thank you to Sapphire Young, Karen Z-H, and my fiance Alana McFall, whose pledge notification interrupted my first try to record this, for becoming our first patrons. I wasn't actually going to mention the Patreon page on the show for another couple weeks, so good work on the internet sleuthing all. Also, Karen made some extremely cute fan art for episode one, which we've shared on our social medias, and you owe it to yourselves to check that out. Again, thank you so much. This episode was written and produced by Andrea Clausen, with sound designed by Aaron Bauman. Our theme song is by Samantha Jean Rivers, logo by Alex Yoon. The voice of Kate is Philomena. The voice of Ella is Elisa Park. The voice of Stuart is Huck Malamud. The voice of Tony is Ben Moody. The voice of Garrett is Sam B. Wynn. Find us on Twitter and Tumblr at me and AU Pod. We'll see you in two weeks. If you liked what you heard, you can support me and AU's future work at www.patreon.com slash me and AU. You can find more ways to support other works by the Procyon Podcast Network at ProcyonPodcastNetwork.com. Radio Drama Revival runs on extravagant conspiracy theories and secret money drops from a biplane. If you'd like to help keep us afloat in featuring new, diverse, unique fiction podcasts and their creators, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. And now we bring you our moment of Anne.
That's right, this week it's actually a moment of Anne. And I'm gonna take this moment to say happy birthday to Ellie. Cause today, as I'm recording this, is Ellie's birthday. And you should go wish them one, even though it'll be a week late. But listen, go tell Ellie happy birthday anyway. That means it's time for the credits. This episode was recorded in the unceded territory of the Kalapuya people, the Klitskani Indian tribe, the Cowlitz Indian tribe, and the Atfalati tribe. Colonizers named this place Beaverton, Oregon. If you are looking for ways to support or donate to native communities, Nicholas Gallinan and First Light Alaska are running a fundraiser to benefit the land back movement. All funds raised go to acquisition and land management funds of the Native American Land Conservancy to repatriate land back to indigenous communities. This is not about removing people from the land. This is about recognition and respect for indigenous sovereignty and knowledge about ecosystems, climate, and caretaking of the land. You can donate to this initiative at gofundme.com f slash landback. Our theme music is Reunion of the Space Ducks by the band Kylo Kaz. You can find their music on Free Music Archive. Our audio producer is Will Williams. Our marketing manager and line producer is Ann Baird. Our researcher is Heather Cohen. Our submissions editor is Rashika Rao. Our associate marketing manager is Jillian Schrager. Our transcriptionist is Katie Yeomans. Our audio consultant is Eli Hamada McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our executive producers are Fred Greenhouse and David Reinstrom. Our mascot is Ticker Tape, the GOAT. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez Collins. This has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers, welcome. <laughs>